Jenny, would you believe it? Episode 100. <gasps> it's time for my annoying noise that no one else can replicate. <laughs> what on earth was that? That was, that was, there was nothing. You're impressed. <laughs> Try and do it. Try and do it. He just went. No. It's the hand horn, and no one other than me and my dad can do it. People have tried. They've failed. No one cares to. Um. Okay. Jealousy. You're so green over there. That was weird. Ah, jealousy does not look good on you. I. (laughs) What have we got for our hundredth episode? Well, I tell you what we've got. We have got. A giveaway for you. We've got a cracking guest who is going to help delve into relationships post-babies. And um, I've had a bit of a meltdown for you. So that's a trumpet. There's your episode. Where do we start? Welcome to Two New Mums. I'll get today's... It wasn't a meltdown, actually, but more of a massive, massive frustration, disappointment day. Like, okay. it was a mum juggle, dropped all the balls, they all smashed on the floor, and I had a bit of a sob kind of day. Yeah. Um, so I was supposed to go to a really lovely, uh, like, quite swanky mum event in London. I've been invited, well, we've both been invited by, uh, actually, an amazing brand who were doing a very exciting giveaway for Mother's Day next week, actually, more on that on next episode. But um, they'd invited us... Um, to this do obviously Jenny couldn't make it she lives up in the Midlands and I said yes I can I was so excited it's been in my diary for weeks anyway long story short um last minute Kenny had to go to a meeting in London so it wasn't quite straight straightforward how we were gonna uh figure it well it, it basically he said look what we could do is so he was going in really early in the morning like my my plan was to have a lovely mum morning off get the training, mm. get a coffee, like, yes. you know, wear a nice outfit, not wear yes. leggings, wear an underwired bra. Yeah. Maybe not for me, but okay. Yeah, yep. I know, Jenny, I was going to go all out. Mm. I was really excited by it. And then it was Lift like... them girls up. <sighs> backup plan, last minute, he was like, well, what we could do is, he said, why don't you bring Eden into London, central London, um, mm. hell on earth, uh, bring mm. Eden into central London, I'll come and meet you, and I'll look after her while you go to the event and then you head home. And I just thought, it's a, it's a nice idea. No, it's not a nice idea. Mm. It's not a terrible mm. idea, but it, do you know what it is? It's just a bit of a stressful idea. So, yeah. I, But I thought, you know what? I woke up, I said, I'm going to see what the traffic's like in the morning because it now means I'm going to have to drive. There's no way I'm taking her on the, like, if I was taking her on the train into London, I know a lot of people do take the kids and the babies and stuff, but like if we're having a day out, I could, handle that but if I'm going to like an you know like an adult event I don't want any mm-hmm. stress I don't want to perspire before I get there Jenny do you know what I mean and that is virtually impossible with a a kid or be in central London yeah and I was just thinking push chair on the tube and all that I just thought no I said I'll, no. Dr- I'll drive and I'll even drive into central London I'll take a hit but um anyway it turns out I started getting ready I was like half ready I'd got Eden dressed I was dressed I thought we're gonna do it let's just just do it let's just live life because I was really frustrated at the thought of letting them down and not being there 
Yeah. And then just as we're about to leave the house, you know when you you think you're kind of making good time and then you look mm. at the clock and you're like, oh my God, how has yes. that happened? Because Eden was running off, I was trying to put her shoes on. And then I looked at the traffic and it was like, I was, it was just no point. And I just thought, nah, it's not happening. And so I had to like, in my outfit, just sort of like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I was so pissed oh. off. And um, I actually went on Instagram and part of the reason I went on Instagram to share it was because I kind of wanted, I hate the feeling now that I can be unreliable because before mm-hmm. having a child, I prided myself on being very, very reliable, very efficient and professional and all those those things were really important to me. And now mm. there's a lot of things out of my control, childcare and, you know, mad toddlers running around. And it's it's hard, isn't it? Like, and I sort of wanted them to see this is why I couldn't make it today. But I really tried. I did really try. Yeah. And I wanted it yeah. to work. And I was really gutted that it didn't. And... Um, yeah, it's just I'm not used to, you know, I'm one of those squares that like I never took sick days and, you know, I, mm. and I don't know why because that's stupid. We all know that's stupid. But I was that person and now yeah. I just, I can't be, you know, and you sort of want to, you know, you can't blame your child. Obviously not her fault, but it's ju- you're just like, oh, but it's not, I'm, uh. and it was that frustration yeah. and I think I just felt like, oh, I'll get back in my leggings then. And it was just a real low point and it's, it's that thing that you don't think about before having a baby is that yeah the lack of control the lack of freedom to just go for it you know like the the lack of freedom to be able to be like yeah I'll be there it's just yeah it can yeah it's hard oh god it really really is and that's again like yeah you don't think about it it's something you're not prepared for yeah because yeah and it's it's like with anything with this journey of being a parent I think when something like that hits you and it hits you hard it's really hard to take yourself out of it and think this isn't forever you think this is my life now it's so different to my life before but actually it's not going to be forever there's going to be she's going to be at school and then she's going to be at college and then do you know what I mean but it's so overwhelming anything like that you just think well this is it now yeah and you get yourself you'll get you get into a bit of a hole, don't you? And that is why it was so nice. I don't often share stuff like that on social media, but like I say, I wanted the company to sort of see it. Um, but also, <laughs> like the mum, like people that got in touch with me, honestly, some of the responses made me cry. Just like, yes, feel it. Happens to me all the time. You know, just all that kind of mum pep talk. You're doing a great d- job. Um, even even where I work messaged me and were like, you're fucking killing it. Shut up. You're fine. Like Aww. it was just, it was just really nice. I think sometimes that's just what you need. And uh, yes. one of my um, a lovely lady I chat to on Instagram messaged me and was like, look, you could put your kid in nursery full time and go to all those glamorous events. But I don't think that's you, Amy. And it made me burst into tears because I was like, no, I know. I do love being with her. And it's, it's, you know, I would like to go to have a bit more freedom, but it's, you know, I do know what my life is now. And sometimes I think you're trying to cling on to your old version of you. Yeah. And when actually, you know, half an hour later, back in my leggings, I got over it. I went for a, a walk with Eden. I mean, sure, she it was muddy and she kicked a muddy boot in my face. Um, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we saw a horsey and had a nice time. And it was just like, yeah, you just have to sort of, you really have to let go of the guilt and move on. Yeah. But I'm still very much navigating that stage. Oh, it's so hard. But yeah, you're right. It's still... It's still so much better though, isn't it? Like you're saying, like it's still, it's different and it's hard, 
but it's still better overall. Yeah. It's just, You've just yeah. got to let go of that part of your life a little bit. Or just, you've just got, it's letting go of the control and... Surrender. Surrendering, Jenny. That is a great word. Yes. Mm. Um, my my friend actually today, we were at, um, um, what do you call them? Play groups. And she calls, she was like, they were talking about the fudge factor. And I was like, what's the fudge factor? And it's something she's come up with where, like you were just saying, with time and you're going to need this amount of time and that amount of time. It's the fudge factor is giving yourself the extra time for you to fudge something up, for something to go wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like with yourself, you might think, okay, I need an hour to get to this thing half an hour to get ready half an hour to get there with a child you still think that but it's not it's like what's my fudge factor reality so you think actually it might be two hours or an hour and a half just so you can still get places on time and as someone who is often late um I'm gonna start doing the fudge factor so just something you might want to try I just thought it was brilliant when she said it yeah oh I like that that's a very good tip and um Mm. and I've just got to say as well uh to all our patreon members that chat group can I just say thank you so much because I went on there um chatting today and actually when I went on I was went on to have a bit of event and it turns out someone else had had a well um yeah one of our other members had had a real shocker of a day and was really struggling and I just thought oh my gosh you know and what was lovely is I went to sort of reply to her but so many of you had already replied and helped her and it just made me feel it was just so nice that there's that community there and um it's really building and to see you all and everyone's at different stages aren't they with their babies you know um one's there with a three-month-old a newborn you know a two-year-old four-year-old it's all you know so everyone's at different stages so they can help each other out and it's um yeah and there's people on there from the UK but from the US as well or like Denmark or um loads of places and everyone's got the same thing going on and it's just so nice to throw something out there with no judgment well I think as honest as you want and your community your tribe is there like yeah everyone's been through it there's someone there who's been through it but also I think one of the um members today was like oh you know it's just feels a bit I felt weird at first I feel like you know just chatting to a room of strangers but I think actually that's better because Mm -hmm. you hold back when it's your friends and family because you don't want them to think that you're struggling a lot of the time you know we've all been like that or you put a you know if it's your mum I'm always like no 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 I'm fine because I don't want to worry or whatever so I think sometimes Mm. you need that it's perfect for that but yeah so thank you and even just the fact that like your partners aren't in there (laughs) yeah oh yeah I mean um well it's funny you mentioned that Jenny because we've got a brilliant uh, guest on who is going to help navigate that very tricky um, that tricky area uh, of a relationship after a baby and trying to create a bit of equality at home. Mm. But um, before we come on to that, uh, thanks for your elephant debate, Jenny. I'm excited oh, yeah. about this um, because yeah. Jenny posted a video. and it, Well, you tell us. You explain. I saw it on... Um, we just watch Animal Wildlife programs at the moment because he's obsessed with animals and it was on about elephants and it said that um an elephant is pregnant for 22 months compared to our nine months and i thought when when i heard the narrator say it, i was like oh fucking hell but then she said but when the baby's born 
they're that further ahead, like almost like a toddler. So you've skipped to that part. So then I was like, well, that's interesting. What would you prefer? Yeah. Yeah. What would you, because I know some people love the newborn face. I know some people prefer the toddler face. So would you prefer 22 months of pregnancy and then straight into the toddler phase or you're nine months of pregnancy, but you go through the whole newborn thing, the really scary, they're so delicate bit. What's your thought on it, Amy? My initial thought was I would take the long pregnancy because, (laughs) well, I just prefer this age. Like, I love her tottering about and chatting and... But I did not not love the newborn stage, but I did find it a lot more challenging and I had a lot less independence and, you know, she was, like, attached to the boob the whole time and I I felt like I could never leave her. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I thought... And also with pregnancy... You know, people know that you're pregnant and you sort of get treated like royalty, I find. Whereas when you've got a kid, it's maybe not... Oh, a little baby, you are treated really nicely, actually. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought, yeah, I'll take the pregnancy because I could still get a lot of stuff done. I was thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I could get loads of stuff done and it's really quiet. But then, I don't know, when you really think about it, I then came up with lots of questions. Well, I'd take if, if it was like 22 months of the second trimester not the first or because oh, then would you have yeah. a longer trimester being sick well for me first trimester was horrible being sick and then uh yeah third, if you, yeah if you split it equally into three and 21 it'd be like seven and a quarter months for each trimester oh, yeah no I, th- I think and then the one thing i forgot is like not it's not the alcohol so much for me but the caffeine limitation i just yeah actually no, I th- I'm going to change. I was very firmly in the pregnancy camp, but I'm going to change it to yeah to the human way. What about, what about you? Well, same. Yeah, I didn't. Pregnancy is not for me. I was struggling to wipe my own ass in the final bits. And then obviously I got <laughs> preeclampsia and my placenta tried to kill me. So I'm just not someone that does pregnancy well. That's fair enough, really. Yeah. Um, so here's the results. Let's just go oh, through. Oh yeah, a I of never comments. saw the results, so I'm quite excited about this. So we're two new mums podcast on Instagram. If you want to check this out, so Amy put, I may be crazy, but I love the newborn stage. No, the, the newborn no, stage is very, very lovely. Yeah, it's and all. I mean, those first few weeks. Well, once they'd gone out of the overnight, you know, being awake through the night and that switch up thing. God, yeah, she slept loads. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, that was Bear's best sleeping time as well. Oh, yeah. Jodie wants to kind of switch. She's got some conditions. She's put currently going through the weaning stage and if I could skip this and be pregnant again for longer, I would 100%. Mm. Uh, my kitchen's constantly covered in food. Holly says, no, I hated pregnancy and I missed the newborn stage. No. Um, Sarah Whittle says, nine months is more than enough. Mm. Um and Donna says, no, even though I thought it was hard, I'd miss the newborn stage. So it's a bit of a landslide. Nine months is enough. Got 82%. 18% voting for 22 months and skip the newborn stage. Yeah, and one of those was my vote, so I'm going to take it back. So, <laughs> okay, well, that's something to be grateful for, really, is that most of us aren't going to be as pregnant as long as an elephant. So, yes. you know, yes. that's always good. Hey, you know, if today's been hard, just think, yeah. well, I'm not an elephant. Yes. So. Yeah. And they've got all sorts of issues. So. Um, yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we've covered that off. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, Instagram elephant debates. That's happening over on Instagram. Patreon. Um. Do check out 
uh, as the patreon.com forward slash two new mums. You can watch the full video with Annabelle Carmel from last week's episode if you missed that, talking about fussy eating and all kinds of baby feeding, everything to do with that. Yeah, there's also a photo of Amy in the bath. Uh, yeah, I mean, not full nude though. Well, it was a wild Saturday night you were having. It was pretty wild uh, um, uh, yes that is on there and the picture it's weird I didn't think that Eden really looked that much like me and then you see picture of us as kids uh, yeah. well I saw a picture of me as a baby when I was at my mum's and oh my gosh like you suddenly see it a little bit and Jenny Jenny's basically uh, bear is a cut, <laughs> cut out of Jenny's face when she was a baby it's so cute it's a joke um, yeah so yeah he's just blonde and I'm dark brown that's the only Aww. difference it's really it's very sweet um, you can check that out loads more going on there with our chat and of course we've got an amazing giveaway um, for you go and check it out this week it's with well it's from Steph who we're about to chat to Steph set up a company called Don't Buy Her Flowers which is all about um, supporting mums I mean you can guess why in the title we're going to come on to that but our giveaway this week is an amazing gift box from Don't Buy Her Flowers which is for you I mean especially in time for Mother's Day it's a little treat pack we've got some slippers in there a hot water bottle we've got like hand cream a bubble bath a beauty mask or just things to pamper you basically so go and check that out you enter on our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash two new mums um, and the deadline is Monday at 9am let me just get the date of Monday because you know. Yes, because we don't know when you're listening. Monday the 4th um, of March, Journey 2024, 9am. That's the deadline. So um, sign up, enter, and you'll be able to watch this video as well. So it's all there. Um, yes. And I've never looked worse. So that is a treat for you. <laughs> yeah, go and watch the video just to see Jenny's face right now. <laughs> My giant menstruation spot on my chin delightful, delightful. Uh, but yes one of the big things we were chatting about in the chat group on patreon was actually uh relationships recently and just navigating that very tricky area with your partner when it comes to who's doing what and dividing up the labor and trying to make it equal and yeah it's been going off so this was the perfect person to chat to it's steph douglas who's a writer momtrepreneur um, and founder of Don't Buy Her Flowers in Blue. So please welcome to two new mums, mother of three, mumtrepreneur, which oh. I don't know if that's a bit of a cringy word or not, but I do feel like it's... I don't it's, mind. It's applicable uh, because you created something which helps new mums. So that does deserve the recognition. Welcome, Steph Douglas. Hello. Yay. Thank you, ladies. Oh, hi, Steph. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right. How are you guys doing today? We're recording today? this quite early, so we've probably just done drop-offs or stuff. No, yeah. we don't really do. Well, Eden's only in nursery two afternoons a week. Jenny's pretty much full-time with Bear, aren't you? So there's... um. Yeah, they're just sat in the mine's just sat in the kitchen at the moment. But yeah, it's um not yeah. unattended. No. No. There, there's an there's an appropriate adult there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but thank you for rescheduling because yesterday I had a bit of a panic, like, oh stuff, I bodged up. And yeah, my partner was out. But what's lovely is you you know, you know the drill. You have three children. Too many. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- yeah. Your kids are 13, 11, and 6, is that right? Yeah, they're all big. They're all grown up. Yeah. 
So how is that? Because, I mean, you've got, well, you've still got like a, a, a young child and a teenager. Yeah, so. stupid. <laughs> I've made bad choices. <laughs> and I've heard recently that teenagers, uh, you know, that's tricky because I read some someone saying the thing is with a toddler is that, yes, they can be hard work, but at least you know where they are at night. And that do really you know that? Do you know, though? So my eldest is 13, so he's in year eight. We've just found out that we missed the meeting this week about options for year nine. You know, like... <laughs> Doug and I like shit and then I messaged another couple who both also work and we're like did you go to this they're like no 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 here's the pdf and it's fine okay because there was a meeting apparently we didn't know like there's so much stuff to remember but I would say that so I don't I'm not fully into teenage like he's doing his voice is dropped and he's he's turning into a man and he's doing all these he's got size 10 and a half feet you know like Wow! Yeah, That's wow. For adults, yeah, yeah. Compared, and then they've got a little six-year-old who still just adores us and wants to just be there at five in the morning. Oh, but the the bit that I was talking to some people who've got teenagers who were really reassuring because they were saying, "Oh God, yeah, like they do these stupid things, and then one of them got pissed, and they did like all that stuff." They're like, "But the difference is that you, by that point, have found yourself again." So you have more you can meet up with your mates which gives you life you can maybe spend time with your partner if that's what you want to do <laughs> and you have one and that gives you you know like all those things that when they're little you can't do or you don't do enough of and you're lost and you maybe don't know what you want to do for work or you're maybe not working and all that stuff so I was like that's the difference so it it's hard it's a different kind of hard but I don't think for me nothing's as hard as those early couple of years that's where i I yeah. stand by that. It's and it's still like at this age, you can't explain to them how to behave and why. It's yeah. it, you just kind of have to follow their lead. And you know, Bear ran ran wild around a library yesterday. The only yeah. kid that did, all the others good as gold. And I I just can't wait till I can say to him, look, like why don't you try sitting down and singing? Because that'll be. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It must be so much easier when you can have a conversation. Yeah, and you can have a row with them. And also sometimes. <laughs> Buster will tell us how crap our parenting is, and you can sit in front of a thirteen-year-old and go, "Okay, maybe we maybe we got that thing wrong, or we've, or you know, we'll say you can't do that and go, but that's this is why I should be able to do that." And you have a conversation. Uh, it is weird when they're telling you, or they, or they like analyze what you've cooked for them and tell you. Buster's favorite thing at the moment is he goes to this friend's house and has whatever they cook and then he comes home he's like oh my god their food is so good and their house is so tidy <laughs> and I'm like are you are you prowling <laughs> me like is this on purpose <laughs> but and he's like oh, they definitely shop at Waitrose for all their ingredients like, oh okay great That's... <laughs> but there is a different but there's also really lovely bits like we can sit and watch Robin Ramesh and I, I'm entertained by that I'm not watching Peppa Pig or whatever like there's there are loads of perks I'd say and they become as long as they're not awful people they're going to be a version of you guys or you know they're they've got the same sense of humor or that kind of thing and it's actually another adult in your house which I think is can be really nice I, I mean I'm saying this and people are probably be going oh well you wait till he's 15 but <laughs> I don't know they're good kids like hopefully yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I like that that is good to know so tell us a little bit about when um don't buy her flowers was created at what stage of motherhood was that and if anyone's listening and they're not quite entirely sure what it's about yeah. you could just talk us through a bit that yeah so um when I was uh I had my first baby Buster when I was like 29 and I was one of the first where we, we live in London I was one of the first of our friends here to have babies 
And I just was completely overwhelmed. I was like, wait a minute. No one warned me about any of this. The rage I felt at my husband was like massive. Just how like sore and painful and trying to work out how to breastfeed and having. And I thought, you know, when someone says, are you going to breastfeed? And you're like, yeah, yeah. As if it's just, a, am just going to choose that. And then it's all going to work totally fine and dreamy. I just had no idea what a massive deal having babies was. And then all these flowers kept turning up, which is really kind. It was really well meant. and. Um, and it was a gift for me, I guess, because the flowers for the lady rather than whatever they were sending for the baby or my husband. Um, but I think we've got eight bouquets in that for with my first one. They do dwindle as you have more children. <laughs> and and I just was completely like, I was like, this is a really weird gift. Because there was a little bit of excitement at first because the doorbell ring and someone's coming with stuff for you. Yeah. And then I was like, this is a really odd gift. Like I have to look after it. I've got to go and put them in a vase. I only have two vases. Like, I, you know, I wasn't massively into flowers anyway. But and and that so it's like what I think you, what new mum, what I still really believe is that new mums need a bit of TLC and a bit of looking after and a bit of reassurance that it's going to be OK. This is a phase. You're doing a great job. Like All the stuff that you just need to hear. And probably even more so like 13 years ago, no one was really doing that. There was a lot less blogging and writing and podcasts and stuff where people are doing that reassurance that you guys do brilliantly. And um, that was where the idea came from. So we we started as gifts for new mums. And at that time I'd sent friends that had then started having babies. I'd send them like a magazine and some chocolate in a jiffy bag. It was nothing fancy, but always like a card just saying, I think you're amazing. You're doing amazing. And I, and I always remember when I was in the hospital still with Buster who did arrive early, my husband hadn't been very well. He had been having cancer treatment. So, and it was just all like a bit of a shit show, but I was trying to feed and I was like, shit, this is really hard. And I was just in the hospital. They'd kept me in a bit longer because Doug wasn't very well. I think they recognized that I probably needed a couple more days or something which I was oblivious to but was actually really thoughtful of you know really kind of them but a friend messaged me and just said just just in case you're struggling at all and she'd had a baby it, you know it, it's really normal that it's really hard and it was the first time that anyone had said that and I was like oh that's so what I need and I just sat like behind this little curtain listening to all these noises going on just weeping just like yeah and so that's kind of what the business started as it was a thoughtful gift that was meant to be for the new mum that would have things like a magazine and some chocolate a, to a thermos so she could have a hot cup of tea because you never get a hot cup of tea when she's had a baby and just if, we only had a few things like a few packages but and the, a handwritten note that comes with it that we still do and that's whatever the person wants to say and that's the bit that always gets that kind of emotional response because it's someone saying I see you I see what you might need and here you know I could maybe can't be there or whatever that is and here you go but that then became um something much bigger as the business developed so that was the idea I didn't start doing it till the kids were two and nearly four so I kind of went back to work part-time sat on it but just kept thinking there's something in this and especially as I then had another kid and was like, there's definitely something in this. But I think it's really important to say I didn't do this on my first maternity leave. I didn't do it as soon as I had the idea, because I think that's another pressure that we're all trying to, you know, have that. Like we don't we want to get out of the office job and do something that feels more meaningful and feels that we're, you know, but it's really fucking hard to do that. So I, am I allowed to swear? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. yeah. I have listened to you guys. And I think, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> 
but is to trying to do that whilst you're trying to have a baby is really hard and i think lots of women so it's like we want to be more equal to men and we want to be able to you know there's lots of stuff about how there's a lot less women starting businesses like but maybe doing it when you've just had a baby isn't the best thing to do and some people do it and it works really well but you are putting massive pressure on yourself at a time when personally I think if you can have as much maternity leave as you can possibly have you're not letting the side down you're not not being the you know far-reaching glass ceiling breaking woman that you want to be you can still do that you can do that but maybe just when you've just had a baby you don't need to be doing it quite yet and so yeah I I didn't do it when they were small and even then it was still a juggle because I left my job to do it I had a blog that I was writing and I, was, I started that first. That was my first little thing to start. And then I that got was getting enough traction that I was like, okay, there's something in this. There's, there's all these women who have found this hard like I did. I think I can do this. And then I left my job and started. But I was in my house packing boxes. The kids were in nursery a couple of days. Like it wasn't what it is now, which is we've got a warehouse and a team and and we do gifts for loads of occasions, corporate gifting. Like it's it's a much different thing. But the But the core about trying to be thoughtful is the same that's the bit that I I want to be different to other gift companies and and our packages you can have the bespoke option so you choose what you put in it um and it's really personal rather than just chucking something off the shelf yeah Yeah, it's so lovely because you were so kind you reached out to Amy and I when we were we'd not long had our babies and you said do the personalized option and pick some bits that you want and you've got so much selection it was so fun just yeah. just even before the, the goods arrived it was so fun to sit and browse and pick <laughs> some things like it was a treat and then when they arrived things like you say um i chose one of the um, thermal coffee flasks mm. and it was just nice to have that when i would do my daily walk with bear in his pram to have a hot coffee in my hand that stayed hot mm. and it, it <laughs> so is put your tea in the microwave and then you yeah. forget it and then 10 minutes later you're like oh no it's still, it's still there, there. It's and gone then cold again. at night you put something in and you see your cup still there you're like how long have you been sat there sorry friend yeah. but yeah and it's just it is amy and i've said a lot it's the little things when yeah. you are you really appreciate the little things and the little joy bursts. And mm. that's that's what you're all about, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think what I didn't realise was how emotional, like I, and I think about it, it makes sense because of the emotion that I felt when someone did that for me or someone left like a lasagna on your doorstep and they didn't come in because they didn't give you that pressure of like, oh, fuck, I've got to make a cup of tea and look after you. <laughs> They're just not in those early weeks. They just would leave something on your doorstep. And, it, and you just like... You have that little, oh, they thought of me. And that probably is what they used to have in the olden days when they had a village around them and people were there and they would drop. But now, if your mum comes to help you, she's probably coming and staying with you. or And that's a whole other level of challenge, um, much as I love my mum. So, and you've got, you know, you've got your routine in your little bubble and you maybe don't want to have loads of people there. And it, I, I think it's just a lot harder than anything. I remember listening to one of your episodes. This would have been a while ago. And I think, Jenny, you'd had a really tough time and you were talking really honestly about it. And it's like, I think when I had my third, I thought, oh, I think this is all sorted now. People aren't, <laughs> that's ridiculous, but there won't be a battle about whether you breastfeed or don't. It won't be a weird feeling about getting your baby weighed and the stress of that. And, and actually it's still, even third time round, it's still there like that that just the pressure that we feel and the emotional roller coaster and you're doing probably the best thing you've ever done and you kind of know that but then you're like but why does it feel so 
hard and why oh, and why do I hate my partner or whatever that other stuff that's going on it's it's a big deal and it probably always will be right because it it just that we talk about it more or maybe expectations when our parents did it or our grandparents did it were different because for women that was what they did and they didn't have expectation to do anything else whereas we're like yeah no I want to do all those other things but then trying to actually do that in in practical terms is really hard yeah yeah I mean, the juggle is, <clears throat> I can't even imagine what it's like with three kids. And I know even though your kids are a little bit older, it's still, like you say, keeping on top of emails and admin and, and all that kind of stuff. It is just constant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I um, <clears throat> I noticed relationships is a really big thing that we've been talking about with uh, listeners in particular um, recently. And there are the halves. And I know you've been married for 16 years, is it now? Which I can't, which makes me feel I am old, but <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing though. But she, I, I read that you you uh, did that piece in Grazia, and there was a mm. a little part part of it that really struck me that I wanted to read out, okay. um, where you said I've been trying to download some music sheets for Mabel for three days and keep being unable to log in, so give up. Then get a reminder email, and it's so boring and tedious. And I don't think to bring it up, but there are so many of these little things independently taking up both our brains, making us feel aggrieved because who else can we be cross with? The kids, the system, the world. But we don't find the time to talk about any of it. So it festers along, holding us back from connecting. Mm. And I just thought, God, that's it, isn't it? It's just those little details throughout the day. You know, it's it's all the emails. It's all the little things. And when one tiny thing goes wrong, there's no room for error in my life. And I'm just, like, if something goes wrong, like my laptop's not working, I'm like, forget it. I'm going to have to move on to something else. And then you're pissed off by the end of the day because you've not got that stuff done. And then, yeah, you take it out in your partner. You don't think they're pulling their weight. And I think that's the thing that we've been, um, you know, that we're experiencing is trying to juggle is both working. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, my mum's generation and our well, our mums generally, I don't know about you, but my mum didn't work till I was a teenager mm. um, and did a part-time job, but she had four kids and didn't have to manage emails and a job. And she still had a big juggle, but not it does feel like there's a lot now, isn't there? So how do you yeah, how do you manage that? What's your kind of coping strategy? So I think when my kids were like the ages that yours are, I think I just was really angry all the time because I couldn't work out why this wasn't working. Like I didn't have the understanding that I have now about the mental load and the domestic. So there's stuff like downloading a fucking music sheet or um, I don't know, like trying to remember that the kid will only eat this certain, one of my kids would only eat um, penne pasta, not fusilli pasta. <laughs> like why? So when he went to nursery on those days and they had that pasta, they'd be like, oh, he, he wouldn't eat that. You're like, that's so weird. It's the same pasta it's just a different shape but anyway but like all those details and then it's time to get I don't know that you need an appointment for something or someone's got an infection or like there's a million things and when you're when the kids are small usually the mum has taken all that on because if you're in a heterosexual relationship the woman's taking that on because that that's where you're at home so it kind of slips into that and I think what's really complicated is we learned from our parents and all the society around us which showed us a certain way to do it which really still was the man will go out and work and the woman will look after the kids she might work as well like like you my mum worked but she was still the one that was at sports day pickups like every pickup and drop off my dad my dad would never have done that um 
And so when I first had kids, I I slipped into that role, but then was really pissed off about it. Like just really cross that I was doing this drudgery, which it is a lot of it. And he wasn't like my life had changed dramatically and seemingly he's still, you're both nodding. I love it. <laughs> he's, he's going off to work. He's having a train ride. He might read a paper. He goes to prep and buys a sandwich, like these tiny insignificant things that for him would have been like, that's not a treat. It's like, oh my God, that would be such a treat. It's like when women joke about going for a smear test and going, oh, it was like a spa day because you go on your own. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think so I just was really angry, but where we've got to now, however many years on, is I then have got really interested in this idea about the mental load. And I've had to bring Doug, my husband, on board with that, really. And luckily he has. Um, but to understand what that is and how do you then divide that up? Because actually the volume of it is massive, like the amount of stuff. And as you, if you have more kids or if you like, they get older and they're at school, the the amount of stuff that you're trying to remember, and then you're maybe working is so much. Um, so I just remember when I had the business and the kids was, I was still, when I first had the business, because it was a side thing, really, you know, it was me doing at home and the kids had a couple of days nursery and I fit it around that. So I could pack boxes at night or whatever it was, whereas Doug was going to work to an office. Um, I was still doing everything at home pretty much. And the, I, he came down one day and I was like, I just finished packing boxes, like 11 o'clock at night. And then I was getting the laptop back out because I hadn't done the online food shop. And I was just crying. And he was like, well, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. He was like, well, I'll do it. And it was a bit like, okay. And there was, a, I felt really weird about him doing it, even though that obviously is the solution that so he has to do some stuff. So you do that thing where you go, well, it's quicker if I do it. It's easier if I do it. And you hold them back from joining in, which means you are then in your little bubble of doing everything. But if you're feeling pissed off about it, it's not working, you know? So oh, yeah. It's like, and that's the bit that's really tricky because, again, <clears throat> we feel like it's our job. Even if you outwardly would go, no, I'm an independent woman. There's some I know there's something in me that feels like that is my job. So I have to almost unlearn that to, yeah. to in order to say, no, we're in this together. We're partners. That doesn't mean exactly it has to be 50-50, but there are certain things that you have to be responsible for because otherwise it all sits with me. And, and there's there's Eve Rodsky has a book called Fair Play. I've just interviewed her for my podcast, but there's Laura Danger, who is that darn chat on Instagram, who explains all this. And the problem is that when you first start to understand it, I think it can make you really angry because you kind of go, wait, what? This is really unfair. Why are women having to do all this stuff? And you can feel really angry at men, possibly. But actually, in the same way that we've been taught this and shown this by everybody, so have they. So why would they willingly start like running around answering the school emails when it's easier if you do it why would they but you kind of you know like, but do you want to stay married do you actually want this relationship to work do you want to be an active part of this family and your kids to know you as this person and also I suppose would you want your kids to be in a relationship like this when they're older it's well, quite a good We've got to show them, haven't we? Because I, I think about this all the time, you know, is it just, well, what we've seen growing up, I, which it obviously is, or is there something biological as well with women in that, you know, the, the way that we carry guilt as well, you know, I'll kind of be like, 
oh, I've got to go and do this for work. So I'm going to go in, you know, and I'll kind of tell him and check that he can look after Eden. But then there's always that, well, I need to rush back. And, you know, I know he doesn't have that. I don't think he Mm -hmm. has that. There's like a different level of, well, I'm doing something else other than being a mother today. Um, But I do feel a tiny bit of, and I'm fine once I've left the house, but it's, I don't think they have that. And I don't know if that's biological or if it's the learnt behaviour. And now we've got to show them, all our children, that, there are more equal roles and 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 you want that you they deserve to have happiness and fun and joy and passion and all those things that you want to have I want them to have that like I'll be gutted if they were sitting at home going I probably should sweep up like but so so Eve I think all of the kind of big thinkers on this and the and the psychologists and scientists and whoever else they all say it's not biological they will say that research tell is um, the science-based like fact-based research is that it's it's learned and it's society and then like Eve Rodsky um, says that if you want to go a bit darker why would men argue with that so not men and when I say men I don't mean our partners I'm talking about like the patriarchy of years of whatever but why would they why would they battle that otherwise because it's going to make their lives harder if they suddenly have to do a bit more and so, yeah, and I I think that kind of makes sense. Like, obviously, the maternal bit of when you have a baby, yeah. But I think also you've got part, you know, you have two male partners who have children. They have they they get oxytocin. They get there's all these things that happen that we know now, and they are good parents. They can be good parents and brilliant parents who love their children. And neither of them are women, so it's not about the fact that you're a woman, but. And and then the the mum guilt thing is almost that keeps us down. That keeps us from moving to that next thing. Like you can't. Of course, you're going to have less women in those high positions because we also are trying to desperately rush back to make sure that we're always the one that's at the pickup and the joint. And it's like so you can't have both. You kind of have to. This is what I think it is worth. It's not easy. It's not as easy as just going oh let's flip it and this is how it's going to work I think you have to really try and read it and understand it and listen to stuff because it's hard to have the language to communicate that with your partner and then bring them on board and for them to understand it so otherwise you're just going I want you to do more and that doesn't go down well either does it like I've I've been there and done that and and he's like going well I do loads and also like well I earn money and that turns into a whole other thing but I think um I think seeing it as a partnership because also when you do do it as a part when you come at it as a partnership and you realize that they've taken some pride and some responsibility like your partner in doing them they feel good about it yes and and they get to have that bond with your kids that we get which is lovely like that bit so there, there's something in that as well but I think it's an ongoing process as well I think if you want to stay married it's mm. like this is something that you're going to have to <laughs> do repeatedly. And Doug will still do really stupid things. Like I don't mean by any stretch that we've figured it out, but it, we'll we'll then have a conversation, which means that we'll get to this, a solution quicker than, than me festering for three days, just really angry and banging around and not talking to him. Oh yeah, those days. <laughs> I, I remember a, a lot of conversations that we had. It was also about the approach. So when I was struggling... Uh, which at one point was was every day for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Christian thought he was helping, but what he would do is I'd be like, right, this is what I'm worried about. And I'd tell him everything. As hard as it is to put your worries into words, because sometimes there's so many, it's mm-hmm. hard to actually make sense of them. But I would say them and he, his approach would be, oh, look, 
don't worry. Like, oh, that's not going to happen. And it was like the practical, I guess, male brain mm -hmm. response of like, we fix the problem. Whereas I was like, no, I need you to validate it and just say, gosh, that must be a lot. If That's if a that's, lot. Yeah. yeah. And then you feel like they're suddenly in it yeah. with you. And then I would say, I know you don't worry and you might think that's helping me, but actually that makes me worry. I feel like I have to worry about everything because you're not could worrying you about anything. So yeah. could you worry a bit more and then yes. I could worry a bit less? Yeah, yeah. And that, that, I find that in situations as well, like with my friends, like one is sort of maybe a bigger worrier, so I can relax a bit, right? Yeah. But like, we, it, it tends to be, I think, male, female, that it's, it's the yeah. female. Because they haven't had to, like, so we've, uh, you're right, you then take it all on, because like, well, I've, I need to double worry because yeah. otherwise these things won't happen. And I think that, that part of the um that that kind of fair play method of trying to divvy it out it's like they the the big thing about it is that they own that thing so say it is responding to school emails or booking after school clubs or whatever the, that is they have to own the whole thing so they have to think it through and plan it and arrange to book it and know when the email's coming and all that stuff it's not you saying can you do that thing now? Because again, that means you are carrying mm. everything. And that's that's probably the bit that causes the most rows. Like if Doug has, if his, he owns the food shops. It's like, so he's going to do the food shop. But it's like, but you have to look in the cupboards and see what's in there. You have to know what we're doing that week. Have we got, but we don't know, are we having a nice meal at some point? Are the kids all here at different points? What's What sandwiches do we need to do? Any of that stuff. And then you plan it and you so it's like con the conception piece the planning piece and the execution piece and if you're just going can you get the sausages from the supermarket it's not really helping your brain is still carrying all of the stuff yeah. and that and that again is where you have to let go of some stuff and go rather than going oh but um it's quicker if I do it I've remembered it I've got it it's like trying to hand it over and be like this is now yours and them and and they need to know that they're going to take it because otherwise you're still worrying about it <laughs> and then it's just exhausting yeah <laughs> I think what you say about because a lot of yeah a lot of our listeners have been saying you know how do I approach it and I think that can be the the, the tricky thing because they can get their backup if you're like you're not doing it and I was especially in the early days I was guilty of being like I can't cope and I was crying yeah. he'd be like well why didn't you why have you got to this point tell mm. me what I need to do because that was when I was like breastfeeding and stuff so I thought well you can't do anything but of course he can you know mm. you can cook you can clean you can do all these things and I have found like you say the more that you sort of assign to them they do you know and I'm sorry I say them like you know generally all men but it, he, <laughs> well but it, it is most of them <laughs> yeah and I but he does he does seem to then like take it on as his thing and yeah I think you're right the more they do and like I think the way you say right let's let's tackle this as a partnership we want this to work what can mm. we be up? Who? Where are your strengths? And you know, I can't cook. I'm terrible at cooks cooking. So I'm like, you stick to that. I'll do mm -hmm. the best. Whatever it is, and just kind of making it so then everyone's life is easier. You're less pissed off with each other. But it's, it's and you're you're clear of who's doing what, right? I think yeah. that's the bit because otherwise, yeah. also we didn't have these conversations before we had kids. Because why would you? They've got no idea, right? So then when suddenly it's all creeps in, you're like, oh, there's there's a shitload more tasks to be done in the house. And one of us is here and one of us isn't it's and then so it creeps in and you're doing it and that's why I think so many women are, with small children are resentful because you're like wait I didn't sign up to this but there just was no conversation about what that could look like I've got my mate my best mate is just about to have her second kid and she's having these conversations now with her partner 
And I'm like, I'm so jealous that you're having these now and you don't have years of small kids where you're just raging like and and like just going to bed furious. And you've got these lush aged kids, but you're knackered and you're just really resentful. And I just could I did not know what was going on. So I think the that young people with younger kids now can have these conversations or start having them means that hopefully well and hopefully it could mean that your relationship survives because I like I think it's the stat for divorce and and it's it's probably slightly later because you kind of hang on in there but it's it's often triggered by women like it's much more likely to be triggered by women and I think in all honesty that's because women you you do every you're doing everything you've you've had the kid you're you're managing everything at home maybe you're working as well and if they're not bringing anything to that apart from maybe finance then you kind of go I could do this on my own yeah. like and I you see it I've seen it with loads of people like I know where because it's not a partnership what's the where there's no fun in it because you're just doing everything and that's the kind of more serious side of it that's really hard. And, and it's really, and I feel, I really feel for anyone listening who's just like, I fuck, I'm really stuck in this, like just feeling this resentment and this rage and it, cause I'd never felt anger like it. And I, you know, as to when I had small kids and I, it, and it's probably also like hormones and tiredness and everything else, but it just is really lonely. I think is the toughest bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredibly lonely. And something else I struggled with was um, it might not be the same for everybody, but um, Christian is he loves working out. It's like it's his church is the gym and um, it's really, really good for his mental health. And I want him to work out because he's a better person if he's done a workout. Right. But he, he got some stuff in the garage so he could still be around. But I remember after having Bear. I was so resentful and bitter with mm. like, this sounds so shallow, but my body was unrecognizable and it was in pieces and he was still, he'd come in and be like, look at my abs popping. And that's great. Cause that made him happy. But I had a moment where I was like, you've never looked better. Yeah. And I've looked dreadful. Ne- yeah. And how do <laughs> I'm sure you, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you get around that? Because I always struggle. Mm. Cause I was like, he's doing nothing wrong. He's done all what he needed to do today and bears asleep and he's just doing something that's really healthy for him. But yeah. It made me so resentful towards him because I mm. had a C-section, so I couldn't even think about doing anything like that for a long time. Yeah. How do you get around that? Because I just turned on him. That's, that's I found it I think, hard. I think the the thing is, and it's really hard to do when you're so knackered in those in the, those early months, but I think the thing to do is to try and work out what it is you're feeling which you can probably do now because you can look back and go, oh, this is why I felt really pissed off. And being able to focus, like, like being able to say that to your partner and go like, I'm, like, even if you start with, I know this probably sounds ridiculous I'd, or I know this sounds petty, but, and it's trying to do it in the moment when you are getting on, when you are calmer. And I think what's really difficult is in those early months, you don't, you just blurt it out and then it turns into a row and they're looking at you going, why, why do you hate me? Why do you want me to be miserable? I remember I used to get really pissed off if, if I had like a girl's lunch or a girl's trip or whatever in the in those early years, if Doug got his mum to come and help, uh, I felt really cross because so I was like, I want you to experience it and have to manage it. And I remember him being like, Why would you want? Why would you want me to suffer? Like, what's that? And it's like, but what it was, it's like you want them to understand. Mm. You want them to feel a bit of what you feel when you're doing it nearly every day. But I could, again, I don't think I could explain that. And I think, so there's a lot, and it's hard, but this is probably where 
podcasts like this or talking to your girlfriends, like having, being able to vocalize and having girlfriends who maybe aren't the ones that you've just met at NCT, unless you can have those conversations, but it's somebody who has had this phase or is in this phase with you and is and is able to be really honest because I think that's another really tricky bit of that phase where if everyone's walking around going oh it's fine it's fine I'm fine oh my god my husband's so great and I had that I had people saying that to me and I was sitting there going Jesus I've never hated him more like I don't know what to do I don't know how to say that without sounding awful and so you need to be able to have that and realize it's just really normal and that helps you to then to have that conversation with them. And I think as well, it helped if Doug had another dad who also had a raging partner at home or, you know, someone who'd had kids. Because if their mates are all around them going, yeah, I'm buff too and I've got loads of time and I'm not, you know, then they're just going, oh, why, what's wrong with you then? Why is my partner being so awful? Yeah. It's, and it's, it's difficult, but it always comes down to bloody communication. But communication is really hard when you're, feeling completely not yourself right which you didn't feel like you in physically or mentally no yeah no and I wasn't prepared for that <laughs> no because no why would you like yeah exactly and <laughs> and when you pause and think about it you go mm, it probably is quite a big deal that I'm going to grow this baby my body's going to totally change I'm not going to be able to do the job I maybe loved or I'm not going to be able to see the people that give me that life or whatever it obviously is a massive deal but because we've been kind of told that it's the most natural maternal whatever thing, then we we think that we're failing if we don't feel just joy. Yeah. And I don't think anyone, I don't think I've genuinely don't think I've met anyone that has found it easy. And if they've said they have, I I think they're probably lying. <laughs> and that doesn't mean they hate it. And that doesn't mean they hate their kid. We always feel like we have to just, you know, like, oh, it, I you still could sit there and go, this is the best thing I ever did. My kids are my 100% my greatest achievement, but it was really hard when they were small and it still is sometimes now. Yeah. Mm. And like you say, it's so important to hear, you know, other mums talking like that to validate how you feel. You know, we've said many a time during this podcast, sometimes I think, crikey, we did it sort of every week, even when the babies were little, but actually it was like our therapy session. Yeah, I bet. But wasn't yeah. it? Because it was, we were in exact, we were so lucky really that we were in exactly the same um, you know, week and the same headspace pretty much. And we could kind of go through that together, couldn't we? It was, yeah. yeah. And it's just like you say, I don't know what people did before. You know, social media has its, um, you know, it does have its low points, but I think for mums and women who are sharing a lot more now, that's really, it's actually really helpful, isn't it? So um, mm. yeah. And, and self-care and having those moments and those just little times on your own to even if it's an hour going for a coffee just stepping out of it and especially in those early days when it's mm. just so hard um is vital so thank you so much Steph for you know what you've created because like you say when we got those gift boxes and we had those little moments it makes it makes such a difference mm. thank you yeah no it's like I just think well and the same back to you guys I think having there's always going to be new people coming into this so like I said I can sit back and go, oh, well, now I can look at it really calmly and and see why it was really hard or why I might have struggled with my partner or why I felt really lonely. You can do that in retrospect. And I think the risk with that is that then people go, oh, my God, cherish every moment. It's so precious because there's a bit of you that like my bloody iPhone memory, like you get the thing popping up with these pictures came up this morning of Frank when he was like one and like, oh, my God, he was so lush. 
<laughs> but I, I and that sort of totally jars with how you actually possibly felt some of the time at the time. So when people are saying that to you, you kind of just have to nod and smile and just think they just don't remember. Some people remember. I think there's two types of mum as they get older. Some really remember how the exact feeling of what all those feelings were when they were little. And some just don't. And all they do is remember that they wish they'd enjoyed it more. It's like, but there was a reason you didn't just enjoy every moment. And that's because it was quite hard. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Well, Steph, thank you so much for joining us. And the good news is, is you can win one of uh, your fabulous gift boxes that we've got to give yeah. um, on our Patreon page. Um, yeah, this one, we've got slippers in there. We've got like bubble bath. Do you have eye mask or face masks? Yeah, like yeah. We've got a beauty mask in there some chocolate like just hot water bottle just those things that you can just sit it doesn't take any effort it's just mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just yeah it's perfect for any new mum or any mum uh, anyone really yeah you don't even have to be a new one you're just a knackered woman basically yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah so head to uh, <laughs> head to our patreon page patreon page is uh patreon.com forward slash two new mums and obviously you can watch our chat with Steph there as well if you're listening right now but yeah thank you Steph so much tell us all about uh, where we everyone can find you your Instagram and your podcast and um so whatever. my Instagram is Steph underscore don't buy her flowers the podcast is don't buy her flowers uh website is don't buy her flowers.com so yeah if you search don't buy her flowers I should come up somewhere okay. thank you thank you for having me Oh, Thank it's you, been Steph. a pleasure. I know a lot of people listening to this are going to walk away with maybe a bit more pep in their step, just feeling a little bit more normal. And that's that's what we're all about. So this has been great. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you once again to brilliant staff. That is some sage relationship advice. It's <gasps> general you know mum advice we really needed right now. Steph is that woman that when you're at like one of these parents groups and you've gone on your own and you get chatting to one and you're like, please, 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 come on, give us, give us just sheer honesty here and be an open book. Yeah. And like nine times out of 10, that's who you get. But like Steph is that person you just want to bump into at something like that because she's just so honest and makes a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in my head actually make sense. She's brilliant. Yeah. And, and then you'd be like, oh, can we WhatsApp each other and be friends? Yeah. Or is that too much? And then she'd be like, right, a bit weird, but I've just met you. But yeah, she probably would because, you know. Um, Add me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, be my Instagram friend. I've liked your post. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you, Steph. That was brilliant. You can, of course, watch it on our Patreon page and enter the giveaway there as well. Get involved. Um, thank you if you're already there. Patreon.com forward slash two new mums. Would you like me to end episode 100 with a hand horn? Oh, not really, but you're gonna. Don't let jealousy get in the way of things. Go on then. Yee! Bizarre. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.